0: Welcome guys to the MMOs.com podcast. New year, new podcast. We got a little bit of that intro song played twice, but uh, I'll tie here. I'm joined again by here. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us this uh, early in the year. Omar, any, uh, any good stories from New Year's?
1: Uh, not too much, unfortunately. I think our New Year's was very boring this year, as it usually is. You know, we play video games. I was playing freestyle, too, uh, during the fireworks of New Year's. And uh, I think you got McDonald's. So, very basic day for us.
0: True. Yeah, nothing Nothing too exciting here. Uh, but you know what we did have? We had an what exciting year in gaming last in 2017.
1: I don't know about that. Look, you know what? I'm going to say we had an exciting year in gaming, yeah. but a very unexciting year in MMORPGs.
0: That that's true. That's true. Um, I think that
1: can really sum up the entire uh, twenty seventeen. A very boring year for the In fact, probably one of the worst years in recent memory. And you, you you'll see why when we get to our our weekly raid. So take it away all
0: Okay. Well, before yeah, weekly raid. I want to look. Uh, I want to look back at twenty seventeen. You know, last week mm. we uh, looked forward at the games we were looking forward to in twenty eighteen. So uh, it makes sense to look back this week. Uh, and I did say it's been a great year in games. And uh, we'll start at the top. We saw Nintendo Switch come out. Uh, did really well much better than I thought it would we had two games come out for switch that uh, are among the best rated games in gaming history uh, breath of the wild mm-hmm. Zelda and um, Mario Odyssey I played Odyssey a bit I haven't played breath of the wild at all um, great start you know for switch they're really happy where they are um, and another big trend is you know you say it was a bad year for MMORPGs I would yeah I put a caveat there it was a bad year for new MMORPGs
1: yes that's a, little, a better that's a good caveat a actually. lot
0: of existing games uh, did really well, they grew to new heights. Uh, Warframe mm-hmm. uh, got a huge expansion. Uh, Path of Exile got a huge expansion, both free, free-to-play games, free expansions. Huge amount of content in these games. These games added more content than like, the most games, new games have, to begin with.
1: Um, I mean, thing too. I mean, with Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood, uh, Yoshi P has said the game has more subscribers now than ever before. So, we do have existing MMORPGs reaching new heights that, you know, all time highs for them. So, it's not, it's been a bad year for new MMORPGs. Existing MMORPGs have had tons of new content added. Black Desert is still growing. They're still adding new content as well. The game is still doing really well on Steam. Path of Fire expansion for Guild Wars 2 launched. So, a lot happened in in MMORPGs, but not too much happened on the new MMORPG front, is what I meant.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, Of course, there was a big trend in PUBG. And I guess before we get too far into that, let's just go to our Game of the Year page here. So mm-hmm. we gave Game of the Year to Unknown's Battlegrounds. I remember just weeks ago, people were saying, well, it doesn't even deserve to be running because it's early access. But they got <laughs> you guys. They actually they left early access. They're in 1.0 before the end of the year. All right? So they got there. So you can't say it's early access anymore. Now, out I, the window, a right?
1: lot of people are going to be kind of triggered by, you know, even this being on a list on MLS.com. You know, we, said we, we did give it the game of the year for, for numerous reasons. But what's actually pretty interesting, I actually didn't realize it till now. If you go on Steam and you go to uh, games, massively multiplayer. Can you guess what the most popular massively multiplayer game is on Steam?
0: PUBG?
1: Yeah, PUBG. It's massive it's the developers behind the game have selected a handful of genres when they when they put it on there, and they put action, adventure, and massively multiplayer as, as their list uh, for tags for actual genres on their page. So I know a lot of people are going to be upset. You know, we don't want to really discuss the merits of Withers and Mona. I mean, you know, I think it's game of the year material. Period. Right? Forget MMOs.com. I think I think it very much deserves the title game of the year simply because of how much impact it's had on online gaming. I mean, gaming in general. We we both know people who play PUBG regularly who don't normally play other video games. PUBG brought more people to PC gaming than I think basically any other PC game in the last like 10 years, maybe except League of Legends. It's really expanded the genre a lot, and I know a lot of casual players that play PUBG who otherwise wouldn't even be playing video games. It's just a game that has such broad appeal and a game that I've already sunk well over 200 hours into, and I've been having a blast with it. And- it's given me a chance to reconnect with old friends who I don't even game with anymore. So, PUBG has had a great impact on my life, at least, so far.
0: Yeah, beyond just bringing new people in it and such, uh, a Euro gamer actually had a beautiful article, and I think this is one of the best-written gaming articles I've seen all year. Um, and it kind of helped me realize what a difference between an MMO really is. You know, people argue about how many players, is, does it have mm-hmm. a persistent this, that, whether it's an MRPG, MRPG well, is different, but MMO here. For me, a big part of it is this. He talks about, uh, he quotes uh, a famous quote that says, uh, golf is a good walk spoiled. And then he uses this metaphor to talk about how games work. Games are a mix of walking and golf. So golf is like the mechanics, you know, like the boss fight, the rape, you know, there's the skill system, right? Mm-hmm. But the walk is just kind of experiencing the game. And PUBG is a lot more walk and a lot less golf than a lot of other games that came out this year. And I think that's that's the beauty of it. It's accessible it can be played any way you want there are people who always drop into you know the, the, the exciting zones fight to the death there are people who hide and play their own style so there's no right way to play it there's, it's very open-ended it's player driven and to me that's a good walk and uh a, this is a great article i really recommend it i did link it in chat uh if you have a moment to read this top notch
1: yeah i mean uh, the the emerging gameplay of games like PUBG, I think is what makes it amazing i mean it's a game you keep playing right you think you get bored of it but really when you play with new friends, you always play different styles. You always land different spots. You find different loot, and you find different encounters with people. There's, you know, it, it really creates. It really has a lot of replay value because of that. And I think it's it's phenomenal for that reason. Yeah, I have I'm, no
0: I, reservations, guys. I'm giving this player, you know, PUBG game of the year. This was uh, what on the gameplay perspective, industry impact perspective. Uh, however, you want to put down the cards. Uh, I think it's game of the year.
1: And Alex made a good point too. Brace yourselves for 2018 being the year of battle royale games, and I think right. you are spot on. I think we get a lot of clones. Battle royale might become the next MOBA, where literally every company and their mom just literally throws. Oh, Mr. Fester, appreciate.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, dude.
1: You are now the top bit master, Mr. Bit Fester. Much appreciated.
0: All right. Well, with that said, uh, like I said, we said a lot of good things about uh, PUBG, new trends, new new players, and we said good things about existing games. But now let's move on to our MMORPG of the Year and unlike a lot of sites which I don't I don't them for this but they do um, they consider existing games as well so what, what is mm-hmm. the best MMORPG you can play in 2017 uh, we wanted to do a little different um, we said uh, it had to be a game that came out in 2017 so our MMORPG of the Year had to actually come out into open beta in 2017 and with those criteria we had to give it to Mew Legend uh, a lot of people were surprised by this there was a few comments uh, who weren't happy about it but you know, and they said it might even look like we got paid to do this. Uh, we did not. Uh, what, who, uh, if you're watching this, anyone at Moo Legend, you know, feel free to pay us after the fact. But <laughs> <laughs> the competition was scarce. Um, L- there was Elbion Online, which was a gr- which started with a bang. I think you'd agree on right? We had a lot of fun yeah. when we first started playing it, but the player drop was quick, uh, and it just it just didn't hold our attention too long
1: i do want to emphasize again uh we gave uh moo legend game of the year with with some reluctance i mean it wasn't a terrible game but it really wasn't you know impact hugely impactful either but the problem was uh there really weren't that many other games in running you mentioned Albion online another potential game was maybe revelation Joshies, online thank right you for this sub. Hmm? go
0: ahead oh we got a sub
1: oh much josh is appreciate the subscription for twitch prime man Much appreciated and yeah we had moo legend we had uh Revelation Online, Evelyn Online, and a handful of other games. And really, that's the the reason Moo Legend won, we thought it was the best pick of the options we had. You know, a lot of people very instinctively kind of shat on this list because Moo Legend uh, was on the list. But we do have a criteria of a game that had to launch this year. So, with that in mind, we're open to other. I mean, I'm curious what other people thought. Do you guys think there was any other better MMORPG launches this year? I mean, Closers also lost Obeah this year, but that's kind of an older game as well. It came out in South Korea well before then. But Moo Legend came out in South Korea in 2017 and in America in 2017. But even Closers, I mean, it's not a bad game, but it really wasn't innovative at all. And one thing about Moo Legend, which I kind of liked, was that there really aren't that many other games like it. You know, we're talking uh, isometric action and more PG style, you know, games like Path of Exile, Diablo 3, but with an actual, you know, with more actual MRPG elements. So it had that feel, but it was still an MRPG, which is what kind of Moo Online did as well. You know, the original Moo Online is still really popular today, and Moo Legend still just kind of took that model it just brought it to uh, you know, 2017. But arguably, Moo Mo Online is probably going to be more popular you know, going forward because that game is huge. But Moo Mo Legend was at least a bit different. And yeah. Revelation Online, it started with a bit of a bang. But honestly, there's just so much wrong with Revelation Online. I mean, there's... Oh, that's a whole other can of worms. Revolution but like, the Online, game just plays itself.
0: Revelation Online was a key contender because actually in 2016, we gave it our award for the most in- anticipated game. So mm-hmm. it, it had a lot of hype behind the Revelation. I know a lot of people got into it. We, yeah. I honestly gave it. A, I tried to figure that game out. I played it a decent amount. It just, it just, it was so disjointed to me. I know there's a few people in chat who got a lot further, um, yeah. but it's just one of those games that kind of fell out real quick. Um, quickly about Albion, I feel like one of the problems with that game was you when you make a game, right? And they tried to make it a PvP MMO, right? I feel like mm-hmm. you can't do that. Like it has to, the PvP has to kind of take off on its own. It's kind of like saying we're making a game to be an eSport. I hate that I hate that. It doesn't, it right it doesn't that. work that way You can't just You know You gotta make a good game You know Have good Have good mechanics For combat And then you gotta let, Just let the players Go with the PvP When you build it From the ground up With PvP I just It just doesn't There's nothing to do but the PvP has meaning Because of all the other Things in an MMO Right So if it's just PvP You're competing with Like actual Competitive games You know Like, like Battle Rite Or something and In which case You can never match Them in combat I don't know It just It just feels weird To just go for PvP
1: yeah, I feel like it would Iwabodice says more to it. I think what made uh, Ultima Online particularly great was the PvP kind of emerged in the game. It was never really designed as a PvP MMORPG. And I think it was for RuneScape, Tibia, a lot of these old school games which, you know, had the whole hardcore PvP scene. They weren't made to be PvP MMORPGs. They were just made to be MMORPGs. And the PvP kind of developed naturally. I think when you start designing for becoming a hardcore game, it gets designed very weirdly and it just doesn't feel organic.
0: Uh, it's a good question. Does does that mean you don't think uh, Camelot Unchained will be a success? It's that's definitely in the back of my mind. Yes, Omar and I played Dark Age of Camelot for years. It's one of our favorite games. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Camelot Unchained is by the same guy who made that. But but Cam, uh, but Dark Age of Camelot was a full-blown MMORPG. It had you know dungeons. It had uh, different classes: healer, buffer, tank, whatever. And it had this great you know realm Riddles realm and open PvP stuff. So you know. And I don't think you could. I don't think it would mean as much. The combat, the PvP, wouldn't as mean as much if there wasn't this context, right? Of this, you know, you kind of level up by killing the frogs. You go to the dungeon. You kill undead. You work together. You make friends. You make a guild. Then you fight together against other team, mm-hmm. other, other other realm. So without all that, if it's just log in and fight each other, I, it kind of you know it kind of loses uh, the context.
1: I mean, also for an MMORPG, I mean, look, we we love MMORPGs, and for for it to be um. And it's got to be more than just the, this core combat or this PvP. If I want to play PvP, I play League of Legends. I'll play Counter-Strike Go. like PUBG. If I want purely... Or PUBG. Yeah. If I want pure gameplay mechanics, you play those. And we've talked about this a lot, but an MMORPG has to be more than just the core combat. I mean, don't get me wrong. Combat like in Terra, in Blade & Soul, in Black Death Online are great. But they're great because they exist in an MMORPG realm. Because I wouldn't play Blade & Soul or Terra purely just to... For the combat alone, there there are so many better games you can play if you just want the combat. I mean, a game like CS:GO doesn't have the context of a, of an MMORPG. You know, a game like League of Legends is like these thirty minute self contained matches. You know, the reason people play MMORPGs, I think they one of the reasons they get addicted to MMORPGs. I mean, I, I don't I mean the, my personal experience actually has been I get more addicted to MMORPGs than I get to games like CS:GO, League of Legends, or PUBG. I can only play PUBG for a couple hours at a time. I can only play. League of Legends probably like three or four matches a day, maximum. Even like during my peak when I was when I was masters, I'd only play like three ranked games a day at most. Sometimes less than that. But when I play MWRPGs, more re- most recently, I played Final Fantasy XIV. I would play that literally from so the moment I got up till I went to sleep. You know, few other games can actually do that. And it's not for that that tap targeting gameplay. The gameplay isn't even that that great. It's really everything else in Final Fantasy XIV in the MWRPG genre that becomes this whole uh, you know virtual world, the chat room, the crafting, the people you meet. The achievements you do in game there's so much more going on than just swinging your sword yep and, uh, and uh, I, um, I hate for more to become swinging your sword
0: i'm glad you mentioned uh uh final fantasy there because we gave that the best expansion of the year award so stormblood mm-hmm. it beat out uh guild wars it built beat out um a uh, warframe and path of exile and all that so uh, mm-hmm. what did this add so just, just talk about the new stuff in this and were you happy with the story i know story is a huge part of uh, this game.
1: All right. Uh, it's actually, I, I, from everyone I've spoken to so far, I actually have a pretty, uh, you know, drastically different opinion. For, I mean, first of all, I didn't really like the Realm Reborn story. The first game's base game story, it picked up a bit towards the end. I loved Heaven's Word story, which is the first expansion pack. I thought it was, it was beautifully done. The characters made sense. The motivations made sense. It was just really great storytelling. And then the Stormblood storyline, it started off kind of fascinating, but then it became very, like, the bad guys were just bad guys. They were like Looney Tunes tier bad guys. Like, they were just... You know, very cliché scene of you know this messenger talking to uh, Lord Zenos, who is the basically the the governor general of the town, the the guy, the viceroy. He's in charge of the the occupied lands, and the the, the messenger gives him bad news, and he just cuts the messenger's head off, right? Just to be a douchebag. And there were just so many scenes of just hilariously Looney Tunes tier evilness in uh, in Stormblood. I, I didn't like that kind of storytelling, but beyond that, I mean, it, it added new dungeons, it added new uh, and two new classes increased the level cap. It added a lot to the game because when a game like Final Fantasy XIV increased the level cap and adds new classes, literally it expands the game so much because you can play every character class on one character with the game's multi-chop system. So it just gave so much more shit to do, which I thought was phenomenal. Uh, They've done so many quality of life changes uh, since uh, Stormblood and they're adding so much more content still. I mean, 2.0, 4.2 is coming out later this month. To be adding two new raid dungeons, a new raid dungeon, and normal dungeons as well. So it's it added a shit ton of stuff to the game. And there's a reason why the game is at its peak subscribers right now. So I, the story, I think, was kind of fell flat. but Other people really liked it, so that's just my opinion.
0: My favorite part of the game is uh, it's on the technical side. They actually ditched PlayStation Three support uh, for mm-hmm. for Stormblood. So I think, well, I'm not just saying that to you know to f the PS3 players, but um, it's very clear for a long time now that the PS3 support was holding back. The potential of the game. So with that gone, right, when they don't have to focus on that old technology anymore, what the the mechanics available to them, the engine upgrades available, the graphic updates available, uh, are going to expand. So it's a great new foundation for the game for you know for many years to go. Uh, so you can finally ditch that legacy stuff. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I liked.
1: Yeah, I mean, they like some. Uh The game has added uh, in the last year. They've added a free-to-play version to level thirty-five, so anyone can kind of you know get a feel for the game, see if it's up their alley. But it is unfortunately falling into the trap that I think every M M O R P G kind of does, you know. And I hate to say this, but it doesn't get fun till late game. It's a very stupid system. But I feel like M M O R P G have implied this problem for a long time, and Final Fantasy 14 is is no different. I mean, honestly, the storytelling in the early parts are especially pretty bad. I think, but it really only gets good once you commit the time to invest into. But once you do, it's it's it becomes fun.
0: All right. Well, that's gets good. Hopefully, we'll see a lot more. From FF14 this year. So let's move right along our little categories here. So we have a most anticipated game, and as as I said last year, this was Revelation Online, and this year I gave it to uh, World of Warcraft, the classic server, the the official classic server. Now this is this one might cause some controversy out there. You know, it's not technically a new game,
1: but I really do think there's a lot of hype behind this. It's it's gonna be a little controversial because it's not really a new game. But, I mean, obviously, we're still excited for Lost Ark. We're still excited for, uh, for me, somewhat excited for Aaron, bless. I I had to make it this, this was actually a hard call,
0: too, because a -hmm. lot of the upcoming games, the most anticipated games, don't really have a firm 2017 launch date, including, wow, classic. A lot of people say it might get pushed back to 2019. Uh, And Lost Ark, for example, there's no set date for that either. So Mm -hmm. my uh, criteria that I had to think it was a chance of coming out in 2017, so that's why I I picked uh, this over Lost Ark.
1: I mean, World of Warcraft Classic doesn't exactly have a firm release date yes, either. I know, but I know. It's I know. probably going to come out in, in 2018, if I had to guess. Yeah. And actually, this is a game that I know a lot of my high school buddies are actually really excited for. People again, I don't talk to too often, but I personally know a lot of people that are coming back to World of Warcraft Classic. And I've, we said this in previous podcast, I will, you know, I will bet, i have a friendly one dollar wager with anyone if they want to take me up on this. But I'm, I'm confident that the World of Warcraft Vanilla server will be the most popular realm in the game by far. So the most popular. Look at the most active server right now, and look at the Vanilla Realm. I think the Vanilla Realm will be more popular. There's gonna be more demand for this than any of the one or two, three, even the biggest regular servers combined. I could be horribly wrong, and it could be dy- dying down within you know a few months. But I'm confident that the the hype is real, and that even a year after launch, the Vanilla Server will be, will be will be quite large.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about some other games that are coming out. Um, for sure, I think Ascent, Infinite Realm, uh, and That's Bless, happening. and Definitely. Bless, I think are both going to happen 2018 for sure. Um, mm. They're gonna be head-to-head com- competitors, uh, you know, both Korean fantasy free-to-play MMORPGs, and both on the Unreal Three engine, which is like a whole generation behind now. I know some people say it's not a big deal. I still think it's a big deal. Uh, blessed now is how old? I think I think the ri- original open beta in Korea was like three or four years ago. Uh, it's it, you know been re- released and shut down in Russia and stuff. So it's an old game competing with a lot of new stuff this year.
1: And hopefully, I mean, they just have to fix optimization in Bless again. I, I maintain that I had a lot of fun with Bless, but it was unplayable because it was just literally playing at such shit your FPS. So if they get their act together, I think it's it's got a bit of a chance.
0: Really, all right. Well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else to say about that, or
1: should we move on? I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of. I'm looking forward to Paradox. You know, again, that's kind of still the most nebulous title. We didn't mention it because again, there is no release date. There's really nothing happening with Paradox, and I'm still excited for Maple Story too, which. Hopefully, it will happen sometime in the West. Actually, I mean, very small side anecdote. I was actually reading the, the Q&A session with uh, Nexon's investor relations. So basically, every quarter, they give a Q&A with the bank analysts. And somebody mentioned MapleStory 2. And MapleStory 2 just basically launched in China in Open Beta. So it, it's out in China. And the CEO of Nexon basically said, you know, with how much we've changed MapleStory 2, we're excited to be launching the game around the world. Wow. He, he, he address China. He said, we're excited to be you know looking to launching MapleStory 2 around the world. So that kind of tells you that the CEO of Nexon is thinking that. Now they're not just thinking about China. They're thinking about launching this game probably in Europe and America as well. So that's like the first actual bit of some MapleStory 2 discussion from Nexon we've heard that implies there might be a Western release eventually. You know? and He could have just said, we're happy with the Chinese release. He didn't say that. He said, you know, with all the changes we've made, we're really looking for, you know, we're really excited to be launching this game around the world. So MapleStory 2, hopefully 2018. I think, I think we're going to get an announcement on MapleStory 2 this year for sure in in English. Um, Pantheon, Rise of the Fallen. Yeah, I did consider that, and
0: we did discuss it last week for our um, games we're looking forward to, but I just don't think it's going to make the 2018 cut, uh, deadline. Now, neither is Camelot Unchained. I'm even... Spe-
1: uh, I'm, i do Crowfall? Even Crowfall. I'm not even sure if that's going to make They said 2018. They, said they want, definitely want to do so this. They drew a line in the sand, whatever that means. You know, that's, they said something's happening in 2018. Some playable version will launch.
0: Yeah, but remember, my criteria was open beta. So if they launch some okay. kind of paid alpha, and there's going to be a wipe, yeah. I'm not going to count that as as a 2018 That's fair. game. Um, so with that said, I don't think a lot of the big Western uh, crowdfunded games are going to be ready for primetime in mm-hmm. uh, in 2018. All right, we'll move along. Move along here. Okay, game, card game of the year. Uh, I gave it to Gwent. There was a few games in the running. There's the um, There's the what's it called? The Elder Scrolls game, which I did try, mm-hmm. but I thought Gwent was at least different enough from the generic. Hearthstone clones we're getting.
1: Uh, uh, to yeah, actually, it's the most different of the of the card games I've seen. The actual mechanics in Gwent are so different from Shadowverse, Hearthstone, Elder Scrolls. I mean, there's been so many card games trying to copy the success of Hearthstone because we covered it a few like a year ago. Hearthstone makes like several hundred million dollars a year, and because of that, everyone's been jumping in the bandwagon. But like, Gwent actually gasped they did something different. So if you like card games and you're you're not averse to learning a new style of game, I mean, give it a to try. I mean, if you're not, I mean, you probably already played Hearthstone, but if you want to try something different, went for that reason alone is worth trying.
0: Yeah, I, I, like I said, it's very different. There's no health amounts. There's no minions or mana. Mm-hmm. It's basically it's it, it kind of harkens back to like real life card games, like really old ones. So you got to like just you take turns playing cards and you have to end up with the most points on the board after several rounds of mm-hmm. back and forth. Uh, it's actually the the concept is easier, but there's a lot more room for, like, mm-hmm. strategy and kind of outsmarting and bluffing and outsmart your opponents. So it's it, it, at least it's different. That's why I gave it to it.
1: Yeah, I, I think well-deserved.
0: All right, cool.
1: Get the most innovation, innovative right, game of the year. This, I think this is actually worth talking about.
0: Yeah, this is actually kind of a sad uh, state where uh, Moes are in. So we gave most innovative uh, game to Master X Master. And obviously, being innovative didn't save the game. Right? It shut down. and South pulled the plug. Uh, this game tried to do a lot of things. It did some of them well. But at least it tried to be different. Uh, so what part of it did you like the most? I- I-
1: I'll go after you. All right. There's actually a lot to like about MXM's actual innovativeness. Okay, The fact that they didn't just make another uh, MOBA clone. They didn't just clone League. They didn't just put an action spin on League that we've seen you know, with so many other you know, MOBAs. They had a really cool tag team mechanic where it actually introduced yeah. quite a unique way to play the game. So all of a sudden, you know, do you have like 20 20 heroes in the game? Instead of picking one hero, you play two heroes, and you can switch between them. And it really expands your combination, or your combo lists. And each hero, you can actually have different loadouts where you can bring out like different abilities to the table as well. So each hero had multiple ways to play it, and you also had a tag team mechanic, which introduced a lot of uh, unique mechanics to the game. And it was very twitchy combat too. So it was very it was action oriented. Every ability had to be aimed, and there was a there was a huge skill ceiling to the game. I mean, it made a lot of unbelievably dumb mistakes by having an identity problem. Like they weren't sure if they want to make an MMO or they want to go with a moba route. And they had this really weird MMO element tagged on where the game had a very closers like soul worker or Dragon Nest or vindictus style gameplay where you have this hub world and you go on these, you know, instance missions, these dungeons and you just you just grind some PvE experience. It was just, it felt very bizarre to mix that with a uh, moba element. So I think even even the actual uh, PvE element I've played Closers, I've played DFO, I've played a lot of these, you know, Instant Snudge and Persistent Hub games. Critica as well. And at least the gameplay, even for the Pv element, felt really unique in, in Master X Master. And actually felt really good. It actually worked, I thought. The boss mechanics were cool. The way you dodge attacks felt really interesting, too. And essentially, very similar to that Wild Buster game which just launched, but MXM did it better. But even then, they failed because they couldn't focus on one aspect. They should have either went full PvP, full mobile like game, or full and You know, instance dungeon person hub like game like Critica or DFO. It just felt so weird they went this this you know weird weird route where nobody knows what kind of game it is even. And they had these really stupid mechanics where you had to grind to get all these legendary nodes which made the PvP stupid unbalanced. Like if you weren't willing really to grind the PvE or pay money, you were playing at a disadvantage in PvP. Which so made which made all the hardcore mobile players, what the fuck is this? I don't want to play this. And all the people that wanted to play the PvE were like, this game is spending all this effort on making PvP and the PvE was kind of lackluster because there wasn't that much content in the pve that it basically appeased nobody but it had the core mechanics of the game were actually really great if you played mxm you have to admit the core combat mechanics were well designed yeah and i think the biggest fault was they they shouldn't have mixed the pve
0: progression Mm -hmm. with the pvp like pvp should have been like you go in um with that without those stats stuff that you get from pve you know Mm -hmm. so that that, that was a big problem uh besides that i also like the switching thing um, and I like the fact that you could do the mobile mode or just the arena, like, just, right? Like, you you, you just fight each other. Like a, a battle right
1: style 3v3 arena yeah. was a popular g- I actually like the game mode a lot. There's also yeah. a traditional 5v5 League or Dota style game mode, but the 3v3 arena where there's basically no creeps and you just basically fight it out in an arena, battle right style was hella fun as well. I the game was fun. great. I mean, the core gameplay was really fun. It just, I don't know, some really dumb mistakes and design decisions were made on a higher level, I guess, at NC Solve, which kind of doomed the game. Yeah, so yeah, it was definitely the most innovative, but uh,
0: I guess it just didn't put those innovative components together as well as it could have, and mm-hmm. and, it, and and NCSoft did pull the plug, and I think we're all surprised that this game came and went uh, before Wildstar.
1: Yeah. Wildstar well, is a survivor. We've talked about it. It refuses to die. I think it's, it, it's going to make all of 2018 and not shut down either. I'm confident Wildstar now. They survived.
0: All right, let's move on to uh, my favorite category. Best clone of the year. What is the best clone of the year? Uh, I gave it to Fortnite. Okay. Because we all expect the Asians to, and the Chinese to copy everything, right? hmm But the surprising thing here was uh, Epic Games, which is the engine that pow- makes the engine that powers PUBG, right? They were mm-hmm. so blatant to copy uh, so many aspects of PUBG almost directly. like The whole the flying thing, you parachute off, right? advantage I, mechanics yeah little details even the island looks so similar right the, mm-hmm. the geography of the island like it was so funny like and, and and a lot of the uh the player unknown himself the he said look we don't mind people making battlegrounds games right because they don't own they don't own the concept or anything but to mm-hmm. make it so blatant like it's so obvious they just copied uh pub right at least like why couldn't they make their map a desert map like before or like a some other variant, you know, like a forest or something. Like,
1: why, why did they that th- make the bandage mechanics different? The fact that the bandage mechanics only worked with the exact same percentile in PUBG, like 70, 80%, and the way they worked were identical. Like, they just they just copied the exact design, and maybe they worried about changing it later. Mm-hmm. But it was so obvious that their starting point was was to rip off of PUBG, which I think is why uh, it, it was so offensive to some people. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, there were
0: other contenders. There was that mobile game uh, by Shanda, right? Uh, what was it called? Mm-hmm. We played it for Krenfest. It was NetEase. It's uh, Net-Ease, My bad. Rules of Survival. Rules of Survival, and you can download that on your phone right now. It's out in America. You can download it for PC as well. It's basically PUBG as well. But again, that's a Chinese company, and we all expect the Chinese to copy stuff. You know, that's not. Mm-hmm. That's not. That's not. Su- that's not news. That's when not me and rip somebody off. It's
1: not news. So what was surprising with
0: Fortnite was that it was uh, it was a Western studio, and I even I made a joke in uh in the in the article. Maybe it was that 40 percent Tencent ownership that kind of rubbed off.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah, see,
0: exactly. I, I, some of you might not know this, but uh, Epic Games is 40% owned by Tencent. And they got those
1: shares from Mr. Cliffy B, who sold it to them when he left Unreal. Poor Cliffy B. Went from, jumped from that right to uh, Lawbreakers, which is an utter disaster. Take that one first. There's, there's a fun little story on Lawbreakers I want to say after we talk about it a bit. Sure. So our next
0: category was uh, Most Disappointing, and uh, we had to give it to Lawbreakers. This game, you know... For all the shit we give it, uh, Omar and I actually grew up playing, I, I don't know, what the what uh, Quake-like shooters. I don't know what else to call them, right? Yeah. Where you Arena could, shooters. Yeah, where the, there's not like an aiming, there's no recoil really, right? You can ju- just run and jump and just keep shooting, right? Mm-hmm. We, 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 we used to play those games after school for hours with our friends. Uh, so we, we do enjoy this uh, uh, genre. So we were looking forward to it when it was first announced. We did kind of lose hype when we actually got to play the game. We played the alpha, right? Yep. And... And, of course, they always say, well, it's going to change a lot after Alpha. But, look, I've been playing games for over 20 years now, right? And let me tell you something, almost nothing changes after Alpha, guys. Sorry, like it,
1: it gets more optimized, right? But the gameplay rarely changes much from Alpha to release. The design rarely changes yeah, that much. Exactly. Right? So You play the same game, it's more optimized and maybe a little more maps and little, maybe one more weapon or something. That, that's all that ever changes. I hate hearing that. People always say, oh, 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 but it's Alpha, guys. No, I played Dauntless, right? And I think if you play Dauntless, spoilers, guys, when Dauntless comes out, it's gonna be the same exact thing you see right now in Alpha with maybe with more weapons and more maps. That's it, the game is gonna be radically different. It'll be more polished, but that's what it's gonna be. I think Dauntless has much more potential than the Lawbreakers. From for the moment I played Lawbreakers, I knew this was nothing special, and it wasn't gonna wasn't gonna do well.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it's it's got very low player base on uh, on Steam, but from all well, the
1: usually less than twenty players, yeah.
0: And all the public stuff we're seeing is they're not giving up on it. You know, Boss Key Studios is still working on updates. They're still going full steam. They're still asking for the full retail price. Uh, but all anyway, right, you un- uncovered some stuff that maybe uh, isn't
1: public yet. It's a bit fun because, uh, you know, you, if you actually look at the – I read the Nexton's earnings report actually while on the bathroom before the podcast. So if, just a fun fact, guys. I read earnings reports and uh, Q&A sessions with analysts while I'm on the can. So most people play mobile games on there. I'm reading uh, Q&A sessions with investors. So somebody actually asked um, asked Nexton to, to talk about lawbreakers, right? And they, they asked them, do you have an impairment loss or any other extraordinary expenses – uh, recorded as other expenses in the quarter, which basically means like, what are your other expenses this quarter? And they answered that this quarter, we the majority of our other expenses were our impairment losses on lawbreakers. And they basically said, we will not accrue any more impairment losses on lawbreakers, which basically means Nexon wrote off the entire value of lawbreakers from the balance sheet. So, ne- so Nexon can literally not lose any more money on lawbreakers. It's already worth zero. You read their balance sheet on, on the lawbreakers line, there's a big fat goose egg. It's worth nothing. Nexon admitted that Lawbreakers was basically a complete disaster. I mean, it might be worth something later, but right now, they, they, they've concluded after looking at the performance of the game that the game is worth a solid zero. They wrote down $32 million in the quarter for other expenses, and they said the majority of those other expenses this quarter was the write-down value of LawBreakers. So at least $60 million of that money on the balance sheet was assigned to LawBreakers being valuable, but now it's worth zero. And what's more interesting, actually, in the Q&A session was the Nexon's chief financial officer actually had the audacity to say, oh, you know, the reason that this game didn't do well is because player PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds came out right around the same time, making the market environment very tough for first-person shooters in general and for lawbreakers. That is I, so I just true. find it so bizarre. How on God's green earth are you going to blame PUBG's success for lawbreakers' failure? Did I have the same kind of game at all? Yeah, I mean, everyone is out here
0: comp- is comparing it to Overwatch, right? here. Yeah. But, but PUBG? Like, where, where do they get like, does, it? Just, it just feels like they're so out of touch with... Um... The like the chief financial officer doesn't obviously he's not like playing games every day. A gamer, yeah, yeah. I I don't blame him, by the way. He's obviously busy. He's running a big company, right? But Mm -hmm. the thing is, he just saw PUBG in the headlines, right? Like best-selling game, PUBG. Oh, that's why we didn't make it, because PUBG came. Mm -hmm. He at at least get the at least get the
1: subgenre right, you know? It was Overwatch is the reason you failed, all right? Not not PUBG. Yeah, I'm confident in these situations when these companies don't meet their numbers, because I've been actually been reading the, the Q&A sessions with uh, investors for a lot of big companies, right? For gaming companies, because in I'm interested in gaming companies and Perfect World and, and, and NetEase and all these Chinese companies. It's actually pretty hilarious because when a Chinese company misses their earnings, like they don't get the players they expect it to get for a new game. They always say, oh, we missed our player base numbers because of anti-cheating efforts. You know, we, we banned a lot of cheaters this quarter. That's the reason we didn't make as, as much money as we thought we would. And it's so bizarre because it's the same excuse every year. Every time a Chinese company misses their numbers and their game doesn't do as well as people thought, oh, they just banned cheaters this quarter. Yeah, of course, that's the reason. But that's the same excuse every time. And it's such nonsense. And I'm confident that somebody at Next Time is like, okay, we need an excuse for why law has failed. PUBG, there you go. We found one. Here's <laughs> exactly. a better excuse. Here's a better excuse. The game just wasn't that good. That yeah. That's the reason. Yeah. And, and uh, speaking of PUBG... Uh... So
0: Nexon is obviously a Korean company, even though for some mm. reason they're sent, they're headquartered in Japan or listed in Japan. Mm. But uh, PUBG is also a Korean company. Uh, it's by Bluehole, and we got some cool pictures. They actually moved into a new headquarters uh, recently because they're you know, all that success. You they hired lots of people. They've over over hundred people working on the game now. And I got some, I got some screenshots here. These are some nice, beautiful screenshots we're gonna get here. All right, Ooh, here we it's, go. It's, you got the PUBG soul headquarters. It is really nice. It is really nice. You guys will see as I as I continue on here. It's no, uh, it's it's no that dot com headquarters though. All right. What do you guys think of this whole open office, uh, stuff? Like, look how close these people are sitting together. I kind of feel like I'd be nervous working in a place like this. But maybe it keeps everyone honest. You know, like you can't you can't be the only guy on Facebook, or you're too embarrassed to play Facebook games at work because the guy to the mm-hmm. right of you can just be like, "Hey, what are you doing? I'm working here," you know. So <laughs> here's another MMOs. I think like, this <laughs> office looks badass. Oh, yeah, it gets better. Like, look, they have a cereal bar or like some cookies or whatever this is. They got some Damn. beer, you know, a lot of drinks, snacks, nice tables, nice booths so you can eat at.
1: More offices. Yeah, oh. I can't emphasize enough how impressed I was with how quickly PUBG went from concept conception to actual product. Like, literally a few months. It's amazing yeah and I, I love this screenshot actually this this guy he's a good manager right he's just
0: he's willing around on a Segway here or uh, <laughs> one of those hoverboards <laughs> why is he Why? if i all right, if, if I ever run an office rule number one all these stupid hoverboards are banned all right that's rule number one <laughs> top of the list all right nobody yes. nobody looks cool in one of those i, I hate to break it to you guys all right, here you go more oh, uh, it
1: looks pretty badass uh, yeah
0: so when when is the most like I'm moving to a headquarters like this, all right? Well, we just need uh, we just need ten thousand more people to subscribe, all right? <laughs> all right, ten thousand. Come on, subscriptions. Go, boom, boom, right. boom. That's only a thousand each, no, a hundred each, right? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. bad at math. Math is hard. But yeah, good offices.
1: But yeah, those are. I think that was that's the last one for our, our last category, right? For our games of the year. Uh, let me check. No, no, we have another category,
0: and this is Ooh. the first time. Uh, this is the first time we did this category. Let me scroll down again here. Uh, we did mobile game of the year, and um, I chose this year to do this because mobile gaming is still kind of new, and a lot of the early stuff, right, was just garbage. It was just like ported browser games, right, like these strategy tr- browser games that were already on PC, and they just ported them over. Was that an arcade games, like those infinite runners? But uh, this yeah. year we actually got some real games that weren't pay-to-win, uh, and I gave it to Arena of Valor. Uh, this game is basically Mobile League of Legends. We played it a few times. Uh, we did a stream mm-hmm. for it. Uh, so, do you agree with this choice, or what are your thoughts on Arena Battle? I, uh... I don't think
1: there's really another option. I mean, look, personally, I, games like Fate Grand Order and other gacha games like Brave Exvius and stuff, they're kind of cool, right? But, like, it just seems like there's really no innovation in that department. I mean, there's a little... I think anyone that plays FGO will kind of agree that, you know, if you played Brave Exvius, FGO, or any of the other gacha games, they're basically all very similar. I mean, Fate Grand Order is a very successful game. It's got millions of people playing it. It's one of the most Profitable games out there too, but it, it's the same stuff we've seen countless times. The, the, where Fake Grand Order really shines is its amazing production value. Like the, the animations are great, the art style is great, but the core game is not really anything different. And you know, Arena of Valor is a, is a non-auto-playing real mobile experience on mobile. I mean, we've we've had um, Vain Glory and a few other games, but this game is unbelievably polished. And from what I've played so far, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Like, it's one of the few mobile games I've actually had fun playing on my own. And I don't like mobile games for the most part because they basically auto-play nonsense, pay-to-win nonsense. This game is actually, it does, there's no auto-play, and the game is not pay-to-win. So those two things alone kind of raise the bar a lot for Arena uh, for, for, you know, of Valor in my eyes. Yeah, I was actually surprised how legit it gets and how quickly.
0: Like, for example, when you first start playing, I can't tell if you're playing against bots or like eight-year-olds who never played games before, right? So it seems like you just mm-hmm. go 20 and 0. And they got they got my confidence up, right? I got, I got cocky. I would just pick the dps character go all dps items right and just rock you know win every game but obviously eventually you play ranked it kind of it figures out where you are and then you put you start playing as people your level and you can't just you can't just go all dps right anymore yeah because you get one shotted uh so it actually takes skill when you're against when you, once it calibrates you properly this game takes you know you got to actually think you can't just rush in every every you know movement counts just like in league you know so i was surprised at how legit it got after the first i'd say two hours so two hours you're kind of you know, If you have any game sense, you're just romping. But after that, it gets legit.
1: And the game is, already, Arena of Valor is already the most uh, successful game in the world. Uh, about 100 million daily active users. It uh, has about twice the player base of League of Legends. and makes twice, more than twice as much money as League of Legends. This game is already unbelievably big because of uh, its success in China, where it's known as Honor of Kings. And it just launched, soft launched in, in America, basically earlier uh, last month, sometime in December. And when full launch happens later this year, uh, we don't I don't know how tell that this game isn't really big right now because it's it's only soft launched and there's really nobody really streaming it just now. But I am willing to bet that this game is gonna create hundreds of streamer careers out there. People that start streaming Arena Valor now and streaming until uh, the game launches, a lot of people make careers out of this. You know, think how many people basically got their, their Twitch career started with PUBG. Hundreds probably got their, I mean, their their career start with PUBG. We have the same thing, I think, for Arena of Valor. I'm I, I think this game will do really well. I could be completely wrong. I could be a completely flop in the West, but because I was successful, was in China, they could, they got my interest to try it right. And after playing it, I, I think the game will do well. I think this is going to be the game that's going to do really well. I mean, we've seen big market people. Used, people always say marketing can like make a game right. I, I've heard this a lot. Like what, why small indie companies failed? They didn't market the game right, obviously, right? Look at a game like Lineage Two Revolution vastly successful in in, in Asia. But look how much money they spent advertising the game in America. I was following it because it was, when that game launched in America, every single big streamer was playing it. Literally every single one. They were paid tens of thousands of dollars to to basically shill this game. Unfortunately, MOS.com was not paid to to stream this game. I wish we were, but we weren't. But that game, it jumped on the top most download list on the App Store. It was one one of the highest grossing games for basically that week where they advertised it. The moment the advertising money dried up, people stopped playing it. You go to the Twitch page for uh, Lineage to Revolution, no one's playing it. No one gives a shit about Lineage Revolution. The game the game sucks, okay? It's, it's a bad game. I, I I played it and I played it for hours and hours. I'm trying to see what the what the lure here was. It was an MMORPG that played itself. It, just, it didn't even run very well. It was nothing special about that game. And almost everyone I knew that played it already quit. And they only played it because they saw their favorite streamers playing it. So no matter, I am mean, confident they spent millions, many millions, easily over $10 million marking that game in America. And people already quit. So it's that marking that will make the game. I mean, you have to have a good game to market as well. Marketing helps, but you need you need a good product to begin with. Yeah, I
0: agree with that. Um, and mm-hmm. I, there's an old saying uh, with with cameras: uh, the the best camera is the one you have with you. And I think it's going to apply more than people think to to gaming in the future. So this game, uh, Arena Valor, you know, a lot of people say it's just like a it's like a clone of League of Legends or whatever. But if you're a young kid at school or whatever, right? Like the the thing you have with you all all the time is your phone. So I think that's going to that's gonna make up the difference a lot between, uh you know, your preferred medium, like a, a keyboard and mouse, to, uh to, you know, just a phone, because you have it with you. So I, I do think actually, it
1: will do well. Actually, uh, can I say only 10 million? That's actually a good question. I'm actually going to look at the... Netmarble is a company that makes the latest revolution. They're publicly traded, so... I'm going to look at their earnings report and see what their marketing budget was for that quarter that it launched in America. And obviously, we won't get a full picture because it'll be the marketing budget for all their games. But we can see, you know there'll be a big spike with the American launch and we can maybe see how many, how many millions they spent on marketing the game because it's, I literally saw that game everywhere, whether it was YouTube, Pornhub, Facebook, Twitter, it was literally everywhere. You could not avoid the Lineage 2 ads. They were just in your face everywhere and it was so cringe watching all the big streamers like, yeah, I'm Lineage 2 Revolution, fuck yeah, this game is so fun. Like, I don't know. Did, I, 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 I want to make another difference between Lineage 2, Revolution,
0: and Arena Oh my! So when we streamed this, I was playing on my phone and you are playing on your computer, right? And I remember you saying a few times that it actually feels better on the phone than the computer. Yes. Okay, that's very important because I do know a few people who are playing Legend 2 Revolution seriously, but every single mm-hmm. one of them, you know what they're doing? After they mm-hmm. try it on their phone, they realize the best way to play this game is actually on the computer. So what they will do is they will launch like six different emulated screens, right? They will launch six mm-hmm. versions of the game, and they'll all play each other, and, you know, they'll just use the mouse to click between windows and manage their six mm-hmm. autoplaying characters. So... It's a mobile game doesn't even work on mobile. Lineage 2 Revolution, at least. Where, and it yeah. drains your battery, by the way. That, that thing got my phone so hot. But with uh, Arena of Valor, it's a mobile game that actually plays well on mobile. Mm-hmm. A- and I think that would make all the difference. It actually... It, if I were to play Lineage 2 Revolution seriously, the first thing I would do is get the emulator and just play an emulator.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas you wouldn't do that with this game. So that, that's a big difference for me.
1: Now Someone want to ask, can this game maybe kill Lee? I mean, I don't know. I think I mentioned last podcast that I thought maybe uh, Riot Game, Tencent rather, made this game as a kind of a test bed before they made League of Legends Mobile. Because, like, why not use the name League of Legends Mobile, right? But no, they just made it. a lot of the characters are very similar to League. There's actually some, some of the abilities are literally clones from League of Legends. Like, the character you're seeing on the screen right now has the Twisted Fates abilities. He's got a, uh, when it's a gold card, when the gold uh, icon over his head, it's a stun. When the red one's over his head, it's uh, AoE damage. When the blue one, he gets mana. So, very clearly inspired by League. I think it has potential to uh, surpass at least maybe come close to League of Legends in the West. It's already surpassed League of Legends in the world and in, in China, but we'll see how it does in, in America, because no, uh, you know, nothing is quite past League in the West just yet. But I think if any game can do it, I think this game will, is going to be the one. And I don't think it's going s- to kill League at all, because League is a very core audience on PC as well. I don't think League is dying anytime soon, but I think this game has potential to pass it. I think this game will attract the next generation of gamers. So there are yeah. a lot of people today, okay, a lot of
0: kids, like high school kids, that all have iPhones, right? But they don't have You know, NVIDIA 960 GTX cards, right? Mm. And these guys, instead of begging their parents for a thousand dollar computer, they're just gonna play games on their phones. And uh, that what also that means is everyone who's playing League is not gonna stop playing League and start playing this because they're gonna keep playing Mm -hmm. League until they get tired of games when they're like forty or whatever. But the the new people are gonna be going into mobile a lot more. That's my guess. I
1: think a lot of the you know decline in maybe PC MMOs in the West to a degree. Is in the quality of games are kind of duke. We really haven't had any big uh, innovative title here either. So I mean people are talking about the decline of MMOs and they're blaming mobile. I don't think it's fair to blame mobile. I mean they're just it's a different platform. People are I mean having extra choice is good I think. I mean having the option to play Ring of Valor isn't really hurting my leagues. I can still play League of Legends. I mean just this is an extra option I can play. So I, I think it, it's good overall. Yep. And uh,
0: I do think the constraint of mobile is actually Good for innovation. A lot of you know big titles, franchises we know of today came about you know decades ago when uh, get, you had to get your game to fit on a 700 megabyte disc, right? And so what what you had to do, the, the sacrifices you had to make, the smart choices you had to make uh, mm-hmm. were important. Where today, I think I feel like so many uh, people making games for uh, PC, they're, they're under no constraints. These file sizes are like 50 gigabytes, 100 gigabytes, right? And then mm-hmm. they, they ship you like broken games and they say we're going to fix it later. Because they know they can just patch it, so yep. it, it it gives way to it, it's, there's a lot of leeway with PC development today. You know, you can release a buggy game and just patch it over the years, fix it with 10 gigabyte patches every week. Uh, so it it just it's it, it less there's um there's just too much room for uh, slack there. hmm I want to get back to the uh, weekly rate real quick and I'll take back take a look at 2017. So I embedded this chart. I I, I always find this fascinating. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Let's take a look here. So this is the 2017 uh, video game industry at, at a macro level here. Uh, so this the total size of the market is $116 billion in revenue, and that's a 10% growth from 2016. So we're still in a healthy place. This is a really, you know, 10% growth is, is pretty good. Um, the only segment that, that shrank was PC browser game. And I don't, I don't think anyone here is going to shed a tear
1: for PC browser games. No. Um, I, I, I absolutely hate those PC browser Chinese pay-to-win games, whether it's uh, the ones that auto-play themselves or MRPGs or the strategy games like Evony, uh, Vikings, which actually is advertising—you know, you can see the Vikings ad if you go to Amuse Like, I fucking hate that game, and I'll tell you straight up, right? The game fucking blows. It's a pay-to-win nonsensical game, but they make money for some reason, so we're running the ad. Yep,
0: uh, PC gaming grew, but you know, it's surprising to me how slowly it grew. It grew one point four percent. Uh, and PC gaming is still, on a global basis, smaller than console gaming, which I didn't think was true. I knew it was true in America, but I didn't think that was a global uh, constant.
1: That's pretty incredible. Console games are still huge. And console games are not only bigger, they're growing faster. Yep. But I think mobile is the is the crazy bit on this chart. That oh, yeah. giant size and the year-over-year growth is insane. Yeah, 43% of all gaming revenue is mobile,
0: and the growth from last year was 23%. That's huge.
1: Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll Actually, now that you mentioned PC browser games, we, I, I have to mention, uh, there was a comment on MMOs.com. It kind of fits into our discussion uh, last week about, uh, you know, people are ruining their lives uh, in, in some of these gotcha games or just, you know, mobile gaming or it applies to PC gaming as well. Let's see if we can link that to you.
0: Oh, yeah, this is, yeah, for those of you who don't remember, uh, Omar and I, for the past few weeks, have been arguing about, um, whether you know, a lot of mobile games are gambling or not. Like the loot mm-hmm. box mechanics or, uh, the pay-to-win mechanics. And someone there was. There's a lot of funny comments um, regarding this situation.
1: I can see if you can find. It. All right, let's see. Let me let me let me just link you the the page and just Control F uh, marriage to find it. All right. So again, this is this game, Viking War of Clans, is actually advertised on MLS.com. You can see the the ad in the left and right of the site. And if you sign up, we get paid like uh, if you spend like ten bucks in the game, we get five bucks. So there's fifty percent revenue share. So if you, that's why the ads are there. And I think the game sucks. But if people want to pay up, if people want to spend money in that game, we'll take that sweet-sweet 50% revenue share. Okay, here
0: we go. This is just this is a comment. I found it. Yep. Then I lost. Okay, here we go. Never once played this game, but what I do know is I have a visceral hatred of it. It caused a collapse in my marriage because of its addictive nature. Wife stole thousands of dollars to feed the addiction to this game and become a whole new person, stuck in a fantasy world, perpetrated by her status in this garbage. It is no different than cocaine trust me I witnessed it firsthand I thought that was really powerful the whole ruining marriage thing is nothing new a lot of MMOs especially you know they can steal your time like 12 hours a day they can ruin your relationships right Mm -hmm. but the, the new toxic chemical in mobile gaming is not only can they steal your time but they can steal all your money there's no end to how much money you can spend in a game like this you can spend thousands Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. We even did a story in 2017 of a guy spending over a million dollars in Clash
1: Royale, a Clash of Clans. I'm sorry. So that's yeah, it's, insane. It's, it's
0: nuts. That's insane.
1: I know most of our discussion last week kind of centered on uh, mobile uh, gambling gotcha games, right? So mm-hmm. I'm curious, what do you think of this game? Is actually one? It's not mobile. It's a PC game. There might be a mobile version. There, I'm
0: not sure. There is. There is because I see a link. Um, I see an Android and iOS uh,
1: okay. link here. But this game, and, along with Clash of Clans, uh, Game of War. They don't have any gambling mechanics as far as I know. These are games that are they're mega pay-to-win, but there are no gambling mechanics per se at all. So it kind of kind of deviates away from our discussion last week. So what, what particular mechanic about this game do you find particularly offensive? I mean, I look at it and I see this garbage pay-to-win game, right? It's a game I'm never going to play. And I would never spend a penny on this game. And I encourage everybody watching not to spend any money on this game, right? Because I think the game sucks. And it's pay-to-win. It's not fair. It's a bad game, honestly, on top of that too. But... Where is the mechanic in here that you find particularly offensive? I, 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 we can both agree that people ruining their lives spending money is not a good thing, right? But like, what mechanic in this game do you like? Because I can understand the, the gambling mechanic kind of preys on your mind. So what about Vikings is, is there that's particularly bad? Okay, my issue with all this whole genre, right?
0: Uh, and, mm. and the way I liken it to gambling is the psychology of it. It's kind of like, imagine an auction like eBay, right? But imagine mm. an auction where everyone who bids loses their money. So if you bid five bucks, five bucks, then someone outbids you at ten bucks, you still have to pay your five bucks. It's gone, right? So the psychology of an arms race, um, where a sunk costs are heavily in your mind, that that to me is like a form of gambling. It's not gambling. The actual word gambling, I'm less interested in than the the, the psychological place it puts you. So for example. Um, Imagine this game. Like I spend a couple days building up. Let me just mute this tab here. So imagine I spend a couple days building up my army for this sexy Viking girl. Right? She's helping me out mm-hmm. here. So obviously, all these games do the same shit. They you're immune for the first week, right? So you invest time, and you know your energy into the and your, and your emotions into your little town here, right? And on the seventh mm-hmm. day, your PvP shield goes away, and then you get raided, right? And you start losing progress and for the percent who still get, you know, for the percent who like this, I'd say 90% get bored before the PvP shield goes away, right? Because these games are pretty mm. boring. But for those who get into it, that loss is is they feel it. And, and they know they can train soldiers, but it takes like 18 hours to train your soldiers, right? Or you can push one button, right? And that's it. And then, and then you can ward off the attack. So you push the button, right? You paid 20 bucks. You're safe. But now the guy who attacked you, right? He spent $20 worth of soldiers to attack you, and he lost that. But 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 here's the thing: if he takes your town, he'll get the resources back. So all he's got to do is spend another twenty dollars to get forty dollars of resources. So now he does it. He spends the money. He sends another soldier against you. So this kind of buildup, where you got to pay more just to keep what you already have, I, I think it really puts people in a mental place where, you know, at that moment, in that five minutes or that ten minutes, they're not. In, they, they could spend. They'll spend everything they have. The, the whole bank account means nothing. The child's college account means nothing. It'll all go.
1: That's a bit extreme because I don't. Again, most that. people who play these games don't spend any money, and I agree with you. People spending their college money, their rent money on on this game is bad. Like, that's that's not a desired outcome for anyone. But there is no gambling mechanic because I know uh, the biggest problem with with Star Wars Battlefront with a lot of the and most people have problems with is the gotcha mechanics where the loot boxes and has always been the kind of no, center for like. This hey, is worse. This is
0: way worse than loot boxes. I think. This is worse than uh, loot boxes. But there's no gambling here. I mean, if you – I described it best that I could. um, I think it puts you in the same uh, state mentally as gambling does, okay? So what do you you want to call it, gambling or not, is not what I'm interested in. It's like – imagine like boxing breaks your nose, but then like kung fu breaks your nose. It doesn't matter. Your nose is broken either way, right? That's
1: the thing I'm focusing on, right? But then then can you just argue that if something is just uh, like, I guess – Games are meant to be addictive. Like I think any game developer wants to make their game like, you know, so you, you can't get off of it. But there's a difference when you put the money element. So, uh, you can lose infinite money
0: in these games when you're in that state. It's like it's like they they, they you're hypnot you're in a hypnotic state caused by the game mechanics. Okay? Where you can okay. just pour
1: millions. But the hypnotic state, you, you say that as if that's inherently bad in itself. Isn't all marketing putting you in, in in this hypnotic state? Literally every TV ad you've ever seen in your life, every time you see a billboard, They're trying to put you in a hypnotic state to buy their product. Yeah, but... Sometimes their product could be a $10 million private jet or something. No, but there's a... You're right. There's a spectrum.
0: Uh, So just like there's a spectrum of drugs like coffee, you know, uh, nicotine, you know, cocaine, whatever, and then heroin, right? It's a spectrum. And I feel like these kind of games, these are the heroin. These are like the pure, uh, unadulterated shot to the vein of pure, you know, like $10,000 down the window, five minutes, boom, gone. Whereas... If someone markets, you know, Call of Duty to you really well, you spend fifty bucks. You know, big deal, and that's it. And the next year, you spend another fifty bucks. Big deal.
1: Actually, the the most, the highest, um, the, the mobile game that makes the most money per average paying user is actually a game like this. It's actually called uh, Game of War. You've probably seen their ads everywhere. They had, they used to have a uh, what's her name, big titty blonde girl. Is that her name? Big titty. Uh... Oh my God. Fuck. They down, they downgrade to Mariah Carey, who their old. Girl was way Upton, hotter. Upton, Kate. Upton. Kate they, they had Kate Upton. Kate Upton was their was their big titty girl, and those ads used to be everywhere. That game makes uh, on average five hundred fifty dollars per paying member. Mm-hmm. And if you actually compare it to that list of uh, mobile games, it's pretty nuts. Again, how much money this game makes in relation to everything else, and it's because it's this. Uh, it's a game very similar to to Vikings that you're seeing right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you you think I think that's a huge amount of money five hundred bucks. Yeah, that's more than you can spend. Oh, you. You that's know. average. Maybe we'll spend
1: more than that. Mm-hmm so I, again i i don't know how do you fix this problem besides outright bank what is the solution to this of people spending too much money because you know people you <laughs> say just just get rid of the loot boxes right and that fixes yeah. the problem but like it doesn't fix the problem in a game like this no where the loot boxes aren't the reason people spend money
0: yeah i i don't do, know do you, do you, I, yeah i don't have the answers to that um maybe i maybe we can i can just i can think about it a little more uh i don't want to just ban it though because i feel like yeah you know, you can't just ban bad things. Like you ban alcohol, you get prob- you know you get you get mafia and stuff. You know, you get you get gangs. Uh, you ban gambling, it goes underground. So I don't want to ban it, I, but uh, I do think it should be something we're aware of and uh, don't let so, your friends and
1: family fall for this shit. Finale, so you, should, you need to get rid of the bottomless money hole, right? But like, what is it about that mechanic, that design mechanic, that's inherently like evil or should be illegal? Like the, you know, you could sp- you can't you in grand Theft Auto, can't you spend infinite money just buying all the I- the but yeah, you of well, stuff to buy eventually, Actually, but you just keep buying I,
0: it. that's a really good uh, – uh, the bottomless money hole is a good good point. You got to get rid of that. And there are companies in the past that used to do this. Like Gripolis, a lot of the German – the Germans were actually ahead of the ball with these strategy games. A lot of the early strategy browser games were German games. And Gripolis, uh, Travian, and stuff like that were big ones. And when I first played Gripolis, when it first launched, I can't say if this is still the case or not, but the way it worked is if you, can, if you pay monthly, right? You get three buffs. It's like a, a percentage increase to your unit production, a percentage increase to your um, resource gathering, and a and like a an extra like build slot, right? Yeah. But you couldn't pay and just instantly get stuff. Like you couldn't you know you couldn't just pay five thousand dollars and get like ten thousand troops. There was no mechanism to insta pay for stuff. if that makes sense?
1: You could only why buy. Why is that mechanic inherently bad? Like wh- because why it... shouldn't people be allowed to blow their money? Like yeah, it just seems weird to protect people from their own stupidities, but kind of you know, the, essentially this entire conversation kind of devolves to should we, how much should we protect people from their own stupidity? And when gambling is involved, because we understand the, the the psychology of gambling and casinos, that it can create a chemical dependence, some actual depend- not chemical, some actual dependence on gambling, and it's a it's a well understood thing. Well, and loot boxes kind of can be connected to that, so there is a you know maybe argument for regulation can be made. Yeah. But in a game, like like. Like this game, this this uh, Vikings game. Uh, how like where? Why should we even try protecting people from their stupidity? Like, look, this this is gonna happen. People are gonna ruin their lives playing video games. Period. Whether they spend five thousand dollars on this piece of shit game, or they buy uh, you know maybe they spend three thousand dollars on Xbox and all the games they want to play for it. You know it happens in like, everywhere. Everywhere. At, you're right. And another
0: day, it's about minimizing it with the least cost. So for example, we require airbags and cars and seatbelts, right? Yeah. And if you're on a second floor of a mall. I'm pretty sure the mall is required to have those rails, right? The the handrails so you, people don't just yeah. walk off and fall to the first floor and die. So I mean, if we can add things, I, I, don't know how, I don't know what the translation of that would be to mobile games. But just some kind of simple rail, you know, I think would go a long way. And in a lot of countries that are more advanced than we are in mobile gaming, Korea and China, for example, the government is a lot more hands-on. They basically say if you're under 18, for example, you know, after a certain number of hours a day, that's it. You're cut off because they realize how, how addictive this stuff is. So I don't I don't if, I don't know if we're gonna go that far, or uh, where it's gonna meet, but I do think there's definitely gonna be uh, some more
1: regulation here. Okay, but uh, again, people are saying it's uh, like predatory uh, advertising, but like it's definitely if advertising. Predatory. Hold on, if, if advertising like like colorful Cheerios with like cartoon characters and sugar to kids is allowed, and okay. not like well, that's a what about thing. I, that, I mean, that's bad too, but we're talking about this, you know. But it just seems like th- it seems such a weird place to draw a line. Look, look, I think we can all agree that this is not a desired the desire. This is not a desired outcome. Marriages falling apart, due to people being retarded and losing their money. Nobody wants that, right? Like nobody is cheering for this guy to lose his marriage. But it just seems like you can't. I don't think any amount of, you know, oh, you can never stop stupid people from being oh, absolutely stupid. I
0: just want to. I just want to uh, uh, say this line out loud. Okay, so I'm building this lumber mill, right? And this sexy, yeah. my sexy Viking warrior selling, telling me. Oh, Mighty One, don't forget how valuable your time is. You can spend, you can speed up any construction if it ends in less than five minutes. So she's she's gearing me to let me know that I can for free, if it's under five minutes, I can speed up instantly. Now, obviously, in about an hour, when things take longer than five minutes, it's going to say, Oh, Mighty One, don't you want to make me happy? Just uh, pay pay like
1: $5. You can really speed this up, baby. All right. Ultimately, here's here's what I'm trying to say. Like, let's say you built the walls around this, right? Let's say you made these games very uh, difficult for retards to lose their money, right? But don't you think those people would lose their money elsewhere? Like, you know those carnival games where yeah. you throw the like the the little rings on the bottle caps? Like they're mm-hmm. all scams, right? There was a there was a news article like a couple of years ago where this guy basically lost like five thousand dollars trying to win like uh, win like an Xbox yeah. at, at a carnival game. Like these are the people Whoa. that are losing their money here. They're gonna lose it somewhere else unless you literally wall them off from everything and take away all their money and their spending power. Like they're gonna lose their money. Like dumb people, a fool and their money are soon parted. Oh, if you recall that five thousand—the guy
0: who lost five thousand on the crane game—that um, mm. made national news. Where, whereas it was, the crane. It, was yeah, it Was the bottle cap yes. game? wasn't it? And it probably took a long time to lose that five thousand, right? Where and it made mm. national news. I think a guy losing five thousand dollars in one of these games—it's it, so part and parcel. Like it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it, no one even no one even raises an eyebrow anymore. Right? Like $5,000 in one of these mobile games is like it's just a, it's just a regular Tuesday, you know? It's like it's not a
1: it's not a story. But again, you can't just say it's a regular Tuesday because, you know, i don't very few people spend that kind of money. I mean, we kind of always kind of like, "Oh my god, all the whales in mobile games," right? Like we don't have a data like how many people, like what percent of players spend more than $1,000 on mobile games, you think? I'm going to tell you, it's going to be less than 0.01%. Based on all the cuz first of all, only 2% of people convert to paying members. Mm-hmm. And in America, it's the, the people that do convert to paying members spend $87 on average. 87. So two percent is 87 dollars. That, that, that's per year. So now when you get to a thousand dollars, we're talking tiny fractions and fractions of a percent. So even in the mobile gaming universe, we you can't blow this you know this blow this number Look, up too much. I it mean, can't be that large. If you,
0: I agree. It's not the biggest problem in the world, but mm. in the gaming world, I think it's the biggest problem in the gaming world. That's why I'm talking about it. Um, and and those of you watching who like what you see, be sure to hit up that link and click play now for a chance to be the Viking warrior lord.
1: <laughs> All right, and, support- and actually, again, to to, <laughs> to full disclosure, again, no, this this particular game, I think it's a piece of shit, and I, I don't recommend anyone anyone play it, right? But like, if you we you know we include it on our games directory because it's, it's an online strategy. We have a, we have a category for web strategy games, right? We have a category for this shit. So we try to put every game in that also, shitty category. Also, they pay us, and so sign up. They pay us. We get fifty percent revenue share because, like, basically, by having that page up, if you click the play now button, we get fifty percent of the money you spend in that game. So, like we had the page up already and like we might as well put a referral link in there because if people sign up and get paid 50 percent I think uh we've had one person sign up for not this game but the same game but by, by you know this company makes multiple other games and they're all the same they have, they have, they have uh, basically a Sparta version where you play as these like Spartan soldiers It's the same exact game basically the same nonsensical gameplay we've had one person sign up and he spent like um like about uh seventeen thousand dollars on the game so we had one person click on that link and sign up and spend 17 grand. So we got about eight thousand five hundred bucks from his spending, which again is, is mind blowing that anybody would do that. Yo, know, like, fi- it is find it's out. insane. It is insane. Final. I'm actually uh
0: surprised how often I'm agreeing with what you're saying in chat compared to the to the pregame where
1: you know we were kind of on different sides of the of the PUBG lobby issue. So again, like, we we we've, we've made a referral commission off this game, and I, I don't recommend this game, but we you know. It's on the site already. We might as well get that fifty percent referral. People gonna blow money on this game regardless. We might as well get a fifty percent cut. I actually think you're a little harsher on the game itself than I am, because you keep saying people
0: who play it are retarded. It's a bad game, yada yada. it is a bad game. If you want to play this game, that's fine. The issue I have with it is the bottomless aspect. So if you, if if they could control that part, right? I don't. I, there's literally no difference between playing this and like any other game in my mind. If you if you enjoy it, go ahead. Uh, it's just that. Okay, it's like this. There, there will be moments in our lives, right, when we are so angry, right, like something happened and we have that gun in our hand and like we're thinking about shooting that guy who pissed us off, right? But in that moment, if someone, some of us will pull the trigger and some of us won't, you know. Hopefully, none of us do. But, but in that moment of uncontrolled you know, loss of control, you can't just say the guy was retarded after the fact. You know, it wasn't a normal circumstance. He was in a certain head state, headspace, right? And this game... Oh, but but these it's games are that de- way, though. It is. These games are designed to put you in a certain headspace that under a moment of pressure, you know, your, your, your guild is being attacked by, like, 20 guys, right? And you could lose a year's worth of progress. Or you could just spend $1,000, right? The decision you make at that point, I don't think is... Uh, you're, not, you're not in the same moment of control as you are, you know, every day.
1: Uh, it's it's bizarre. It's a bizarre world we live in with some of these games. Somebody actually mentioned in our chat. Um, like he plays a browser game called Queen Blade of Queens, and he spent about 500 bucks on the game today. And he would spend more if he had more money. Mm-hmm. And that's actually uh, look. I actually first looked for uh, Blade of Queens because I thought it was hilarious. It's, a, it's another Chinese auto-playing pay-to-win game, right? But like it's so they really put tug on your base instincts in this game. They they basically show you the big big booby girls right away and basically make you want to spend money. So. If you look at that video like just look at the first look right at the beginning like look at the advertisement right at the beginning of that video like the way the game is presented it also, is insane actually
0: also i should i should just say one more thing it's not and you always accuse me of this people spending their money right and i'm making yeah. fun of them look if you spend a million dollars on this game during this phase like you're just kind of your economy building and you spend a million dollars dude that's totally fine like that's your decision right that's your money my yeah. point is though uh the, the trouble people I'm talking about don't spend it during this time when they're just like building their base. They do it in those pressure moments that I'm talking about, and in those moments you're not in control. So if you just if you're in control, you're just playing by yourself. You're building your little base. You want to attack the NPC town, and you spend a thousand dollars. God bless you. Go ahead. But the thing is, if they put you in a headspace where you you feel pressured, you lose, you feel like you're not in control, and you got to do it to save your town or whatever. That's that's the issue. That that psychology.
1: Right. I want you to go to 220 and pause it for a moment, all right? All right. This game is really something else. And just and just read the dialogue out loud. Okay, all right, I'll pause,
0: pause as soon as we get there. Wow, what is going on? Okay. Just read it, read that. Th- all right. Damned, still dare to peer on the goddess bathing. But to be honest, the goddess does have a good body shape.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, the, the, this game is hilarious. It just, it's just so weird. And like the this it just the the grammar is so bad too. And it's just like they're just obviously clearly sex sales because again, somebody in our channel spent five hundred bucks on this game. God bless. Look, it's ultimately I do uh, there is personal responsibility. I don't think if you if you spend five hundred bucks on a game and you enjoy it, God bless you, it's your money, you do what you want. Yeah. Personally, I I don't really care how you spend your money, you know, everyone's gonna spend their money if you some people take five hundred bucks, they go to the bar and they blow it, like at a like a casino bar. Yeah. And they buy ten dollar drinks at a nightclub. Like you could blow five hundred bucks at a nightclub too. I don't think one way of spending your money is any better than the other. Ah, Eugens, I
0: appreciate that support. What I'm saying, I'm I'm not even giving an opinion. I'm giving facts. I'm always right.
1: I like to hear that. I want to show you one more amazing thing about this game. This game is really, uh, I mean, the core premise of the game is very similar to other Chinese uh, browser RPGs. It auto plays itself. It's got this turn-based combat. It's, uh, I'm not a fan though. It's just there are better games like this, by the way. There's a game called Naruto Online. It's made by uh, Tencent. I mean, it's still auto-playing Chinese pay-to-win, but it's just better production value. I want to show you some quality in uh in this game here, if I can find it. Go to uh, I don't think show this on the stream. But I think we can. I no, love we... I love these this art in this game. It's just so blatant. Go to eight forty-four on the video. 844. Eight forty-four. Eight forty-four. And and look at this charge. Look look at the chart. Recharge to receive extra worthy remuneration. Ooh, we go back. I think I I'm not sure if we can actually see the nipple there, but it's in the game.
0: The nipple Uh you can see like the side of the, the second nip, the and, on and, the left.
1: and, and play, play for a second and look at the next picture you just see the girl with her tits moving like on their own like it's just really bizarre oh you're right that is like, weird. why are they moving like that that's the only thing moving it's like a picture yeah it's-, it, it's like they animated one aspect of the thing and i guess they're focusing their budget on where they get the most return all right my favorite part is uh, is coming up go to uh go to thirteen nineteen. all right this game this 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 Blade of Queens game has a dating mechanic. You can like uh you can date the goddesses in the game, and as you tear up with the goddesses, they actually get less and less close. Wow. So you gotta, you gotta you gotta seduce the goddesses. Awaken goddess bonuses. So
0: you said 13-19?
1: Yep. And hit play from over there. Okay, so this is a black and white goddess. She she hasn't yeah. discovered color yet. Yeah, it's uh the, the move physics are just great. And again, there's an option to increase your affinity with the goddess. Like that's how you you, you improve your, your status with them to get more uh, more pictures in the game. It just, just when you increase affinity you'll see how the actual mechanic works. It's, okay. it's amazing.
0: I'm looking forward to This here. is how you
1: date girls in real life, by the way. This game teaches you uh what it takes to to seduce a girl.
0: <laughs> it didn't even start yet,
1: but I already know what's gonna happen though. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh there you go. This is uh you play rocks, paper, scissors to uh, you you know, to get max intimacy with the goddesses. This is actually how, how I seduce donut. And there's, right. a, there's a big unseal option at the end. And uh, you could basically get more, uh, more naked pictures of the girls, like more nude, more like good, sexual. Good play, you threw the st-
0: rock. That, that was an, that was a that was an alpha move, right? That was a Chad move right there.
1: I I just pulled a Chad move, right? Not 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 that virgin walker. Right, we got the not, Chad. Not walk. the virgin
0: paper, right? You gotta go rock. Not the virgin. Paper.
1: <laughs> Bitches <laughs> oh, love the Oh shit! You, you're going far. She's like undressed now. I know. So this game is, I, and it's really weird. Like, and that's such a weird part of the game that it's even in there. It, it just feels like they kind of added the the booby stuff in there for like. No reason but like just obviously to I don't know. I- I'm sure the game will pull on your like base instincts later on, be like, oh, you know, my lord, please give it you know, spend more money and then you'll get better views and stuff. I don't know, it's just weird. I don't get why this one is not colored in.
0: Did they like forget to color this one character in?
1: Maybe you have to like uh like unlock her or something. I don't know, maybe I don't have unlocked or something right. nonsense. This is the state of the gaming's future. Yeah, I mean like, it's when when somebody can spend five hundred bucks on a game like this. And that That's essentially also in a way 500 bucks not going towards other games, you know, you know You're voting with your dollar so when these games make a lot of money You're gonna get more games like this fortunately for us the browser Game market actually shrunk in 2017 based on the chart we showed earlier. So it was a 5% decrease in browser games So that's good because games. hopefully games like this make less money The dialogue is just horrendous dude. It just makes no kind of sense. I have, I have a feeling these kind of games have a very bright future in mobile So uh, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. Oh, so I'll take last thing on this. Go to sixteen twenty in that video and just pause. 16, and just, 20, 1628 and just uh, tell me what map you think of when you oh see this. Oh my it. god! Where where do you think Blade of Queens drew inspiration for their for their world map? Oh, you know, it's so shameless. Could it be? It's so shameless. It's literally unbelievable. They they get away with it because you know it, there's, just, there's one their Chinese companies. It doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously everyone everyone in the chat should be screaming World of Warcraft after you know, their degree. Excuse me, it's actually Azeroth mm mm-hmm. I mean even like kind of like the shapes are a little bit similar as well The Northridge right at the top there as well it's uh real quality good game good game yeah that's that's uh, that's Blade of Queens I'm glad you mentioned the chat again ultimately though like again people spend their money on what they want uh, you know so it's as long as people are spending money that they can afford to lose I think it's no big deal but that's a key part afford to you know to, to blow and it applies to when they're buying console games they're buying mobile games. They're buying big titty uh, Blade of Queens games. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play some more uh, Vikings here, guys. I'm sorry, McKeith. I didn't mean to call you. I just thought the game was hilarious. And <laughs> take it IRL. I mean, we've had people, you know, tell us they spent like that, like five thousand plus dollars on League of Angels too, and other games as well. So I mean, these games are making money off some people
0: yeah i mean there's so many of them so obviously they're doing okay um
1: what's really amazing is i think if a game like uh, vikings existed that wasn't pay to win it could be pretty fun these kind of games are actually not bad if they weren't pay to win
0: i mean like i said guys i really don't think those original german strategy games were pay to win yes you could pay Mm -hmm. for an advantage but it was a set advantage it was a certain percentage increase but there was no instant build everything so those games were actually fair um
1: Yeah, I don't know how fair. Uh, I think it was a Travian was one of the early yeah yeah Travian games that got Repolis. this yeah. those games were fair. I'm telling you, I don't know how I don't know how fair they were. I don't remember. Uh, Travian is still around though today. They're still making mad money, mad bucks. All right. Uh any other any interesting news besides
0: uh, game of the year stuff?
1: Uh I mean CCP's work on UMRPG. Have you heard about that? I did. I did, but I don't know much about it. But we don't know anything about it just yet, though. It's literally no information released. All we know is that they're hiring a lead game designer to lead development of a a highly ambitious MMORPG. And that's all we got.
0: I do have one more fun link for you guys. So uh, every Mm. year, Steam does this. They release their top 100 best-selling games, but they don't actually give any numbers or rankings. What they do is they put into, like, groups. So these Mm. were the platinum games on Steam for the year. Uh, Let's take a quick look. And these are not in order. Okay, these are just all platinum games, whatever that means. So there's no ranking mm. or, or dollar amounts here. Uh, what surprised me was H1Z1 actually. H1Z1 was one of the best-selling, top what? What is this? Four, 8, 12 games. One of the top twelve-selling
1: games on uh, Steam this year. That was surprising. I'm not surprised. The game was the game is still making popular. Uh, I mean, it averages over like uh, last Thursday, averages over eighteen thousand players. You know, the game is still huge. It, it had like a bit of a lead on PUBG as well. And actually, I I have H1Z1 now on Steam because I got it from my Humble Bundle.
0: Oh. Yep. Uh, What else is surprising? All right, this is surprising. Grand Theft Auto V. Despite, like, being, what, like, four years old now? Five years old? That's
1: amazing. That game is still selling really well. Yeah,
0: one of the top sell. Witcher 3, also a couple years old now. Um, Not surprised to see Dota or Counter-Strike here. Those are, like, the old Valve staples. Uh, uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 uh single player game that got really good uh reviews. I'm glad to see isometric games still up there. Warframe. That's surprising.
1: Yeah, it's it's I think PUBG is going to be dominating that list for a while.
0: How about what do you how do you feel about this one? Uh Elder Scrolls Online is in the gold tier, where while Black Desert and Final Fantasy are in the silver tier. Wow. So it's doing well. Yeah, Elder Scroll. I feel like Elder Scrolls Online is, is like a quiet success now. We don't mm-hmm. people don't talk about it too much, but it's doing really well on uh, PC and console.
1: I think. that I mean, the optional subscription. I think did, did a lot lot of wonders for them. I think a lot of people were turned off from paying a uh, monthly to play at the get go. I mean, if you look at the numbers for um, was it Star Wars: Old Republic? They said when they went free to they went um, like they actually got more subscribers when they dropped their required subscription. You know, you kind of do need to subscribe to get most of the good stuff. Near and gold.
0: Yeah, right, let's go Damn down to Silver. See you playing yourself. Oh, no. Yeah, so Silver is Final Fantasy XIV, Path of Exile. BDO. Uh, yep. Yeah. Cuphead. That was a fun game. Oh, that's a fun one. Oh, this is interesting. Conan Exiles. Silver. One of the top games. Hmm.
1: Uh, there was a lot of hype in the, early in the year when that game Man. launched. Uh, that was a meme, though. I played it. I played a lot with Chaos in the early launch, and I never played it after the first month.
0: That game was so poorly optimized during yes. the initial early access release. And this is like my thing. Like, how can they get away with that? Like, they had these sixty-four player servers, and but they couldn't actually handle more than like twenty players.
1: Yeah, I think the still the server the official servers are still like twenty. Oh it's, it's unbelievably dumb. Yeah, crazy.
0: All right. Well, it's a fun this is a fun list. Uh, I have a link to it in our weekly raid along mm-hmm. with some other links. So you guys should definitely check that out.
1: All right. I think I think that's it for the unless you got anything else.
0: Uh no, we can talk about a little bit about the rest in the post game guys. Uh, thanks for Sounds watching. Good. Hope you have a great year. Uh stick around for many more podcasts.
1: All right. Later for YouTube and hang around with us for a bit in the post game Twitch. All right. Peace. Later for YouTube.